Hi, welcome to Astro Babble. I'm Donna from Donna B Astrology. And I'm Linda from Scullywag Astrology. We're here to talk about the full moon in Leo. It's going to happen at 27 degrees, 59 minutes. So really mm -hmm. at the end of the sign. Yes, all the end of uh, 27 degrees of Leo. So yeah, it's uh, an interesting chart. It is. Yeah. While you're doing that, thank you very much for all of your technical work. You've been doing a great job. You did the <laughs> website. It was wonderful. You did a really oh, good you. job. Thank you. So with that, everybody can get us and contact us through AstroBabble. Dot com mm -hmm. and we'll that's uh, astro-babble.com so okay. yeah more technical <laughs> yes every character has a um has a signification <laughs> that's for sure okay so starting off with the full moon in leo if you are a leo sun sign rising sign or ascendant or moon sign um, this will be happening in your first house. The full moon um, is how you show or present to the world. So um, you, if this is happening in your first house, for in Leo's, you are, this is happening. Um, you're going to change your or, or, or acquire or finish any kind of projects that you've started on yourself. This is all about the self. So if you wanted to get your hair cut, this would be a good time to get that done. Um, that kind of thing. So things, the things that you are acquiring. Particularly since Venus and um, Mercury are both direct now. So you don't have to worry so much about drama with those two going on either. But yeah. Yeah. And if you're Cancer, Rising, Sun or Moon, this will be in your second house. So full moons are about culminations or endings or reaching an apex. It's like the harvest. At the new moon, you, uh, you plant the seeds and at the full moon, you reap the harvest. So you might be finishing up negotiations to do with your income or with financial matters or buying something you might be buying something uh, a large uh, possession or something that costs a bit like you know a really nice watch or jewelry or something like that very nice and if you are a gemini this full moon is going to be happening in your third house and that is all about your community so um what you are trying to accomplish in your community or maybe even something to do with your brothers or sisters or, or early education so any of those areas are going to be getting that full moon energy where things are your it's harvest time it's it's time to get things and bring them to fruition And if you're a Taurus, rising moon or sun, this will be happening in your fourth house. 
So this might have something to do with your parents because the fourth house is associated with our parents. So parents might be moving on to a new stage in their life. It might be like, you know, they've raised their family now and now they're empty nesters or, you know, they're leaving the home that they raised their children in and now moving to a retirement area. It's they've reached a peak and, you know, that peak is happening and then there's usually after that peak, a new beginning sort of thing. Uh, it could also have something to do with real estate matters or your home. So you might be finalising deals to do with your home or your living situation. You might be signing a new um, rental agreement, a lease, or, you know, buying that house or something significant like that. Oh, <laughs> good. And then um, Aries, if Aries is your sun, moon or rising or ascendant, um, this is going to be happening. The full moon is going to be happening in your house of um, creativity for children. This is your fifth house. Um, known for, could be gambling, could be pleasure. Uh, so if you are wanting to finish up an art project, this would be, this, this is the energy that you would be waiting for to get that done because this will help you finish it. Yeah, great time for finishing creative projects and, and fun activities. Yeah. And if you're Pisces rising sun or moon, this will be happening in your sixth house, which is the house of, um, I was going to say health, but it's often illness. So if you've been struggling with, you know, issues and going to get diagnostics, you know, this might be a time when you actually find out what's happening. Uh, or if you've been ill, maybe this is a time when, you know, that's coming to an end, which would be lovely. Um, it's also the house associated with pets. So there might be endings or culminations to do with pets. Um, I say that and that sounds a little bit dire. You might think, oh my God, you know, the dog's going to die, but it could be, you know, <laughs> the dog, you know, graduates from obedience school or, you know, it's, um, got some attention on it for some reason maybe you post it on instagram and it goes maybe not viral but maybe you know gets a lot of likes or something like that <laughs> yeah our pets yeah we it would be a uh, a good time to get your your pet registered for school if it needs to a lot of people got pets over the pandemic Oh, that's a good um, point. Time to get those those pets educated. This is the time to do that. <laughs> now that they actually are, are allowed to kind of go and sniff other people. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit more social. Um, <laughs> okay. And if you are in, if you are Aquarius, this house, or the full moon is going to be happening in your seventh house. And this is the um, energy of the end of you're accumulating something for relationships the one-on-one -on -one relationships so if you're trying to get um uh an appointment with somebody uh, with one one person this is the time to do it um with a marriage uh, this is happening in this man this this mansion is happening with the 12th the moon is happening in the 12th mansion and that has everything to do with um, marriage or building. So if Aquarius is in your first house and you are contemplating on marriage, 
the signs say that it is a good time for you to get married. It is, it is a positive aspect as far as the moon mansions are concerned, which is usually used with electional astrology. Um, there's about 12 things associated with the moon mansions and maybe five or seven negative things. And if I were to read them all for every time that moon moved in another mansion, it's going to go through about 12 mansions or at least six mansions in the next two weeks. So yeah, it moves every two and a half signs. So yeah, that's 12 mansions. Um, in two weeks, it's going to go through half of those. So that would be a lot of reading. And this podcast would be a three hour long podcast. So <laughs> they do work. And they work for electional astrology. When I got married, I, I looked back quickly on when I got married on the moon mansion, it said it was negative for ornaments. And I was like, who wears ornaments? But I remembered I burnt my veil. And that was a, um, yeah, that was the moon mansion. So in a setting, you can be prepared for things like when you would leave for a vacation, not necessarily the last third of the day, but maybe the first third of the day. Um, yeah, Those are I, I need to check when I went on my first trip to the US and it took 40 hours, should have taken like 19. Yeah, I need to go back and see what Moon Mansion was happening then. <laughs> yeah, they're all listed in um, Ben Dyke's uh, book for Choices and Inceptions. That's where the mansions are listed. So, but they are listed as Dorothea spoke them thousands of years ago they're not they're not in listed in, in modern language so you have to kind of get that intuition going mm. of what does that mean and my veil is was a negative on the ornament so going back to um going back to aquarius uh yeah if this if the full moon is, is going to be hitting in your seventh house so this is the time to get your um your 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 one-on-one -on -one appointments done and you'll be able to you'll be able to to get those together this would be and in um, romantic relationships you might be taking the next step you might be moving in together or getting engaged exactly. or getting married or something big you know maybe joining you know some sort of finances together which is probably more of an eighth house matter which is the next one for Capricorn but uh the eighth house is other people's money so if you've already uh, moved in with someone you might decide at this time that now's a good time to kind of pull your resources and um you know uh pay those debts off together or uh, you might be in a business relationship with someone and um, sorting out those negotiations. Uh, you could be getting divorced and finalizing that uh, financial agreement. Um, or it could be an inheritance that, you know, it's um, gone through probate and everything and that's finishing at this time. Yeah, I see that uh, Venus and Mars is, are in that sign too. Mm. That's and Pluto, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's um a power struggle. And that mm. will also be included in um that eighth house stuff. 
Um, with Sagittarius, if that happens to be your sun rising or moon sign, it's going to happen in your ninth house. And that's going to be reflective and you're going to be reaping the rewards of that higher education. You're going to be reaping the rewards of um, maybe a legal matter might be coming to an end. Um, but this is all signifying the legal and higher education philosophy, what you're thinking. If, if you're wanting to start out on a new kind of um, education, this would be a good time to, to, to get those books and get that appointment with the school registrar. <laughs> Yeah, and it's also good for esoteric subjects too, like astrology or tarot, all those sorts of things, and other cultures, other beliefs, including religion, that sort of thing too. Maybe, you know, you've been undertaking some study regarding one of those subjects too, not just higher education. Right. Or maybe travel. Travel far off, that's right. <laughs> that is one of the <laughs> significations of that. Yeah yeah um and if you're scorpio uh ascendant moon or sun this would be happening in your 10th house so this might have something to do with your career it might be you know some sort of promotion or bonus or some sort of recognition uh the 10th house is a very visible house so you're likely to have a lot of light on you i mean the full moon is as bright as the moon gets um so you want to make sure you're kind of behaving. You don't want to have bad attention on you. But um, yeah. Uh, also, it might not relate so much to your career. Sometimes it's just for whatever reason, you're getting a lot of attention. You might be getting married. You might be having a baby. You might be getting some sort of honor or uh, reward. But it's also the house of infamy as well as fame. So right. what you know, you know for. <laughs> yeah so if if you've got something to hide watch out yeah <laughs> because the light is definitely on you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's for sure okay so if you are in, if you are a libra and um in your sun moon or ascendant this full moon's going to happen in your 11th house and that is your house of hopes and dreams it's your hope it's your your house of groups in your house of friends um what could possibly happen with that is um it'll move more into the spotlight it's it's going to shine more it's going to be that that sun energy that leo type of energy where you want it to be highlighted If you're a Virgo rising sun or moon, this will be happening in the 12th house. And the 12th house is called the house of our undoing. It's often linked to addictions or escapism. It's also a retreat and places of confinement. So sometimes prisons or hospitals. So it could be some sort of completion or uh, apex of one of these things. You know, you could be 
being released from jail. You could be released from prison or perhaps you've gone on a, a retreat and you've finished that retreat during this time. Or it could be, you know, there's some sort of um, uh, personal failing or personal um, uh, something that's been tripping you up, something that, you know, a bad habit or uh, an addiction, maybe you overcome it at this time. So that's the possibility. That sounds, that sounds really good. It's a good thing to work on for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All the astrology works. If you listen to it can help you improve on what you're trying to achieve. Um, first of all, if you get a natal reading, that's going to um, let you know what sect you are, your, benef your benefits, your malefics. Um, it's going to teach you what ones, what planets are your strong planets, what planets are the ones that you need to take a second look off after and make sure that you're checking these boxes whenever those planets are, are transiting in your house. Um, the other, you, you can also find out your lots, um, fixed stars, your asteroids during a natal reading, depending on the astrologer that you choose and what they intuitively gravitate to, because what they gravitate to, they've been doing it for a while. They know what to pick out and, and grasp out of that chart so that they can focus on on certain aspects. It, and if, if you wanna know a particular thing, seek out an astrologer who says, hey, I wanna know where all my lots are, or you know, that is done with Hellenistic astrology. Um, yeah, so that's- yeah. And, and that's, that's the astrology that me and Donna practice, Hellenistic, plus a little bit of horary. Yes, <laughs> we've just finished we, our horary calls, horary practitioners calls. So yeah, which is all about asking questions. You know, the question of the hour. It's you know, where is my missing cat? Where is this? You know, does he love me? Should <laughs> I buy that married. house? <laughs> <laughs> Should I buy so, that yeah. house? Does he have the money that he's saying that he does? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. horary is a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Very interesting. Um, yeah. And the other kind of reading that you can have is a timing reading. So um, the timing will cover things like uh, progressions or perfections or the fridaria or zodiacal releasing. Nobody can, can can give birth, graduate high school, learn to walk, drive a car, and get married in the same month. We would, the average person would die. <laughs> but with the timing <laughs> techniques, they split everything up and let you know when are you going to be, when are these things going to be happening? when is the energy there for you to meet Mr. or Mrs. Wright or whatever to get married? Or um, when is it time to write that book or go back to school? Those are the timing techniques that you, we can use 
to help you understand when is a good time to be doing these things. When is the energy supportive? When is the planetary energy supportive for you? Yep. Is there any other timing technique I have forgotten? Mm. I'm sure there are. Well, just transits, but I mean, like, you know, perfections, which is what we do with Hellenistic. And uh, I really do like secondary progressions too. They're quite interesting. Um, and then you've got electional astrology, which Donna has uh, done, which allows you to elect a date that's very good for a specific event, like a wedding or starting a business, things like that. Or doing a project like re-canvassing your pop-up. <laughs> <laughs> um Use yep. those moon mansions yeah yeah and then um the other kinds of astrology out there are medical astrology vedic astrology and relationship astrology <laughs> are there i think there's other there's a few others um uh, mundane which is looking at kind of like what's happening to the world and uh with the what you would call the spring uh, equinox, what I call the autumn equinox, because we're opposite to the Northern Hemisphere down here. Um, a lot of uh, people look at um, where that will fall and uh, in different countries' charts. So that will be very interesting. Yeah. We might have a look at some uh, mundane charts for maybe, say, the US and Australia, maybe the UK and Canada, uh, round about... Um, the equinox, which will be around about the 21st of March. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that is um, another thing. I think there's a uh, locational astrology. Oh yes. Location. Very yeah. interesting. It's like, where does Venus cross would be your love line of where in the world would your love, you know, kind of mm, spark mm. up. Mm, and you know avoiding those pluto and mars lines <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'll be dangerous yeah 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 with the um yeah pluto and mars you were talking about earlier that they're having quite a, a scuffle there might be um with them going back and forth you were talking you were telling me earlier about pluto and mars or not Mar not pluto and mars venus and mars Oh, Venus and Mars. Okay. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. That's they're going to be kind of playing kiss chasey for a month. So, yeah. Actually, should we have a look at that now? That sounds like a great idea. Did you want to pull that up? Yeah. Um, with all the power just... struggles I have in, in my life, my personal life, I have five different kinds of those personal those struggles with the... Um, Venus and Mars, I have my, I have the, uh, well, there's the Chinese New Year, which just happened. Um, I'm a tiger, my husband's a ram. That would be, well, me and my husband is doing a, a power struggle quite a bit. <laughs> those nodes are happening, the, the nodes are, the, the eclipses are happening right on my husband's and mine, ascendant and descendant. We're the opposites. On, on our thing so there's oh, there's a wow. lot of power struggles yeah. so that's going to be real fun on you know letting him have you know the upper hand and then i'll be coming through at the end with that being <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking that forward will to be it. interesting 
I'm looking forward oh, to yeah. it. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Isn't that the ancient curse? May you live in interesting times? You know, I, I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Oh I do, and you were talking earlier on the the um, nodes, the north node and the south node, that these that there's a bending, that the full moon's happening at the bending. Yeah, we've got uh, the north node at 26 degrees of um, Taurus, which is actually where the fixed star Elgol is, which is interesting. And um, you've got uh, south node at uh, 26 Scorpio, which is actually where my moon is, but. Um, yeah, uh, that's where they are currently at the time of the full moon. And you've got, you can see they're 26 degrees and 90 degrees away from each of those, you've so got the sun and moon. So that's so, what a bending is, is it when it's right exactly in the middle of the two nodes? Yeah, they're 90 degrees from each other. Seems to be um, a critical place. Yeah, um, can be a crisis um they say at the bendings um this moon it's actually um because it's the full moon we look at the moon position not the sun so the moon in leo it's um at the bendings of the north node so the nodes are kind of in vedic astrology i believe it's um a dragon so the north node is the head and it's very hungry it's kind of perhaps a little bit greedy, wants more and more. Uh, and then you've got the south node, which is kind of like the rear end and it's excreting everything. So lesser. Um, yeah. So with this moon being about endings and it being at the bendings of the north node, I just wonder if some people will go perhaps a little bit too far, want too much, too fast, too quick um it's hard to say it is um this moon is ruled by the sun and the sun is in aquarius uh and that is where the sun is in detriment so yeah what can you do um and watch <laughs> and, and look and see what how it's going to how it's going to play out yeah so Hmm. We'll, we'll see what happens um hopefully nothing too bad uh, the fact that it's um the bendings of the north node i think is a little bit more positive than the bendings of the south node i think um, so too. yeah but um on a personal level you know maybe when you're reaching those heights and you know maybe sometimes enough is enough sometimes there can be a temptation to um you know push it too far and kind of ruin something so maybe a little bit of i don't know discretion a little bit of caution yeah a little bit of hmm, not so much out it. there <laughs> hold a little yeah. bit back <laughs> yeah yeah just just hold a little bit back maybe um but yeah we'll see what happens but um what is happening from about the 11th of february we have had mars and venus which we've got mars here in the red with the male symbol and venus in the green with the female symbol they've been within one degree of each other <clears throat> and at the 16th of february which is the time of the full moon they are going to be 
conjunct. You can see here uh, at the time of the full moon, Mars will be at 16 degrees 57 minutes and Venus will be at 16 degrees 56 minutes. So they're only a minute apart. Um, so that's kind of significant too. I mean, it's in the sign that's said to be in aversion to this. So you would think it would have no real bearing on this, but I mean, it's something that's happening at the same time. Um, what is interesting is that since the 11th, we've had Mars catching up to Venus. Usually Venus moves faster, but Venus has just come out of its retrograde period. So it's moving quite slow at the moment. If you can see down here, it's only moving at 46.5% of its normal speed. Uh, Mars, on the other hand, is moving at 140% of its normal speed. So if you just watch this here, Mars comes up and quickly overtakes Venus. But if we follow it through, and this goes on for a month, on the 6th of March, Venus will actually finally catch up and pass Mars. So she's getting, she's still only up to 88%, but she's moving faster. So Mars ran after Venus, caught her and passed her, and then Venus catches up to Mars again, which is what the usual um, way that it happens. Because Venus usually moves at about one degree a day and um, Mars usually only moves at about half a degree a day. So that will be interesting. Um, and they will be within, within that one degree um, which is, you know, close enough to kind of have an effect. And um, oh, until about the 12th of March. So that's about a month that we've got Venus and Mars really, really super close together. Uh, it'll be a little bit different from the 6th of March because that's when they move into Aquarius. Hey, because when down. they're in Capricorn, Venus, not Venus, Mars is really super strong. He's in, he's sign of exaltation. He's like, he's disciplined and all the rest of it. And um, yeah. Yeah. And Venus in Capricorn is very, I, I always think of her as hard headed. She's like, she's not putting up with any nonsense. You know, you don't have a job. She doesn't want to know you, you know, I'm kind of in the material girl, maybe, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Yep. And um, yeah, but when it moves into Aquarius, um, yeah, Aquarius is the kind of little bit offbeat and a rebel. Um, yeah, Venus wants something a little bit different. And um, yeah, and Mars isn't as powerful there. Then he's a little bit more erratic, I would imagine, with uh, that um, Aquarius energy. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It sure will. It sure will. It'll be nice to have the uh, or the Mars and Venus away from Pluto. Yes, that that in itself is is going to be significant. Yes, so, can hardly wait for that. The uh, mm. beginning of March will be a very nicer feel to that power struggle, that female male kind of power struggle. Yeah, I mean, you know. 
it can be it can be a lot of fun you know I mean it's Venus and Mars it's going to be a lot of friction but yeah um it yeah. just may not be as wildly romantic as you might want you know no um, it won't be warm and cozy but it will be <laughs> I think it'll be beneficial it might be sexy but yeah <laughs> Um, and then the uh, other planetary movement that we have going on is Jupiter is going to be sextiling um, Uranus, yeah. which is uh, it, it's a it's small aspect. Um, it's not as powerful as the squares or the oppositions or the conjuncts or the trines, but it is still a nice aspect. Um, so with Jupiter in its own sign, has a lot of strength, has its own dignity. Sextiling um, Uranus could end up with uh, a new idea. Uranus is, the significations of Uranus are new ideas or out of the ordinary. Uranus um, orbits on its side. So yeah. it's, it's the one planet that, that nobody expects normalcy so <laughs> <laughs> so in the in the area of um pisces uh you'll have a little bit of enlightened ideas mm -hmm. innovative and you know and you know mm -hmm. jupiter likes those big ideas you know jupiter likes everything big and expansive and you know there's a lot of enthusiasm with uh, jupiter particularly in its own sign so you know new ideas and um innovative and revolutionary ideas anything different and unusual is going to be kind of well accepted at this time i would imagine you know it's a great breakthrough type um you know, the sextile, like you said, isn't very strong, but it's helpful. So, yeah. And then the next, it's not really a, it's not really an aspect that's happening. It is if you were in the United States on the 22nd, um, Pluto is, the United States ah. is having a Pluto <laughs> return. I have been working on a, um, if you join my private uh, Facebook group, which all you have to do is give me your address um, so that everybody can talk freely. Um, I have been doing a Saturn. What does Saturn look like through all the houses? And I'll be posting that um, more uh, probably on my website when I get it done. But so far, it's been very interesting. So the United States has been living up to um, the Sibley chart, which, which is what I'm using for the Saturn um Saturn moving through the houses and it you in, want me to bring up the Sibley chart in Pluto well no you don't have to because it's, it's just a little quick you know <laughs> note in there on the 22nd uh the United States will be having a Pluto return which is Pluto is going to be right on top of where Pluto was at the time we signed the Declaration of Independence that's what a return is um but yeah, yeah. after that there's uh Mars is doing something with Neptune on the 23rd. Is that a try? Yeah, um, Mars and Neptune have a sextile. So that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, again, it's a helpful aspect. So um, 
you know, you've got the energy and drive and Mars will still be in Capricorn. So it's it's a disciplined and um, strategic Mars. It's, um, you know, the actual drive and energy and hard work. And Neptune's idealistic. So actually, it's not too bad. I mean, considering um, Pluto on the 22nd is going to be at its return. I mean, we've got Venus and Mars really close, but I mean, we've got um, Mars sextile Neptune, which is quite idealistic. Um, and then you've got that Jupiter Uranus. So who knows? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, possibilities for some, some big advancements if we can get our thinking caps on and solve some yeah. of these problems. <laughs> that would be nice, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, on the 24th, we have, oh, let me see. I'm at that in-between stage. Half glasses and can't <laughs> see with Can't see with the glasses half the time. Can't see with them half the time. Um, Venus sextiling Neptune on the same day that Mercury is going to be squaring Uranus. <laughs> yes. Well, Venus and Mars are going to be very close at this time. They're both at 22 degrees. Uh, they're both still in Capricorn, but they will be um, sextiling Neptune, which is kind of like dreamy. Neptune can be really idealistic and romantic and, you know, oh, it's just lovely, you know, floating along on a cloud and, you know, just movies and that sort of thing, you know, very... Neptunian so this will um take a little bit of edge off of that uh, Mars and um soften uh even that hard-headed Venus so it'll be nice um quite romantic I would think you know they're not in the most romantic sign here Capricorn but um Neptune in Pisces is quite lovely so that will help um Uranus and uh Mercury, though, uh, Mercury's communications and thinking and um, that square is challenging. So that Uranus is that innovative, strange, new, unusual. I kind of see this as somebody, you know, people kind of being rattled. I've had this, you know, you know, when you've been out all day and people are at you and everybody wants a part of you and you just want to come home and it's just nobody talk to me. Just leave me alone for two hours. <laughs> I don't want to yeah, see you do anything. It's just like kind of burnt out energy. That's the feel I get from that. Yeah. Well, with that square with Mercury and and Uranus, you have it, it's it's that tension that you're going to have, like you were you were describing that that uneasy, bristly kind of feeling that you're getting. Um, Mercury in charge of messages um, in modern astrology. Uranus was that higher form of messages. So if you have Mercury is passing the notes in class, you have Uranus is the energy that would write something in the sky. It, it's just the higher, it's this, 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 it's the higher step up of, of Mercury. So both of them have that same kind of um, where they come from, the meaning is that uh that message that that getting information and, and and with the tension 
that could be unfriendly or tense messages. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's interesting too, because like with um, Hellenistic astrology or even Renaissance, because I mean, these, you know, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto have only been around for a couple of hundred years or they've been around for eons, but we've only known about them from those times. Um, but a lot of um, older sources, they say that, you know, if you want to look at what modern astrology kind of ascribes to Uranus, that's Neptune, that's um, Mercury type quality. So yeah, it's uh, very interesting. Same with um, Neptune. Neptune is sometimes described as the higher octave of Venus, Venus's relationships and all that. Whereas Neptune is that more, it can be more spiritual and it can be more dreamy, you know, idealistic. And yeah, that, that kind of higher you know whereas maybe venus is a little bit more carnal so yeah right and the same thing with with pluto has the match for pluto is mars so mm -hmm. whatever mars is pluto does has that little bit more energy of that it those outer planets are they move so slow and when they hit your chart they oh yeah it, it, it kind of they're impactful because they're there for so long and they're more generational yeah. where the Mars, you know, it's like, you know, you're in the kitchen and you slice your thumb. It's, it's, it's really fast, you know, and your girlfriend walks in and says, Hey, let's go to the movie. So that's, that's a Venus. So it's, it's, you can, you can have <laughs> the quick things, but there are also longer underlying, um, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a very good point about the, um, outer planets when they're making contact with um, something personal in your chart, yeah, they take a long time. <laughs> and they just move forward one and then they go back again because they retrograde for about six months. And it's just like, is this planet ever going to leave? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so the new moon will then hit on um, March 2nd. Mm -hmm. And we will be back. I will be back with the crystal um, for abundance. So hopefully Ooh. you will tune in for that. Linda, um, what are you doing? And how I can people am, reach you? They can reach me at my website, which is astrology.scullywag.com. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. Um, I'm doing readings and um, yeah, that's about it. Um, writing articles, trying to get some more information up and uh, yeah, looking forward to doing the next podcast. Awesome. I've done a couple of articles on my website. Um, I'm also reading and uh, doing readings um, and crystal layouts. And you can get you can get a hold of me at DonnaBarkConsulting at gmail.com. Um, so thank you for listening. Thank you for listening and I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. Bye.